All right, hey, welcome back. So I wanted to give you my thoughts on the WWDC conference put on by Apple the other day. And they kind of hype you up all about their apps and iOS 14 and other things. You can check it out if you haven't already. But I wanted to give my reaction on this as a developer. And the first thing to understand is that, as I mentioned before, apps are, they're pretty much dead already. So Apple doesn't really like to tell you this, that 97% of app usage is focused in just the top 10 apps. So when they go around hyping developers up about all of their new features, their designs, their little improvements here and there, you have to keep in mind that a lot of this is just not going to be applicable to 97% of people out there who are not in the top 10 apps. Now, I have to tell you that I was actually extremely disappointed about this conference, and I'll get to that in a little bit, but let's go over some of these features that they've been announcing. Number one, iOS 14. They redesigned the widgets, and they pretty much caught up to a lot of the features that Android already had. They have like app libraries. They've added picture-in-picture -picture mode, although keep in mind, you probably will not not be getting support for that on apps like YouTube. The thing is, Apple doesn't really like to work with other developers like Google in figuring out how to get their technology to work. And so having worked on the YouTube iOS app myself, I saw how the team could not get picture in picture to work on Apple devices. They got it to work on Android devices, but even today it's not available on iPad and you can bet it will not be available on iPhones as well until Apple decides that they're going to work with other people on this. So anyways, as far as I'm concerned, picture in picture mode is pretty much dead in the water. If one of the top apps for video consumption, YouTube is not going to be able to support that feature. We also see here that they've added features for messages, memojis, being able to pin conversations, but you know, I don't use messages. Why? Because it's not compatible with all of the Android devices and we've got like 60 to 80% of the world on Android devices out there. How do you communicate with people if you have a messaging system that intentionally locks out half of the other people who you should be able to have a conversations with? If you take a look at the US, iPhone has a market share of about 40%, but then in other countries, it drops to like 30 or even 20%. And so what's really frustrating about Apple, and we'll see this over and over again, is that they're really into building this wild ecosystem, this wild garden, in which in order to to use any of their services, you have to get all of your friends to use it too. And if they're not, then the service is just not going to work. And iMessage is a classic example of what makes this so terrible. I don't see why can't they just open up this protocol such that anybody can integrate with that. Moving on, we have App Clips. So App Clips is a lightweight instant app. I believe Android already has something quite similar to this. And here's my viewpoint on this as a developer. So for consumers, the idea of an ultra lightweight instant app sounds great. But in reality, number one, the size of this app could be as big as 10 megabytes, which is far from instant. It could take you a while just trying to download this if the developer didn't optimize it. And then the other thing is for the developer, since the app doesn't really stick on your homepage after you use it, then you pretty much just lost that customer. And really from a developer point of view, having your app on the homepage in which the user's always seeing it, always being reminded of your service and clicking the app to go back to it, that's one of the biggest benefits. So with an app clip, you're not really getting that retention. So I wouldn't be surprised if your business was even negatively impacted. And again here, it seems that app clips only supports Apple Pay or signing with Apple. So you're not the one who's really owning that customer relationship. And at that point, you may be thinking, well, maybe you should just get people to install a normal standard app. Maybe it's going to be bigger, sure but then you could really control that customer relationship, not to mention your app would show up on the homepage. 
So we'll see what happens with app clips, but it'll be interesting next time you go to a cafe and they've got a bunch of QR codes and little symbols and app clip symbols all over the place and you just don't really know which one to scan and then you have to pick one and if you're on an Android device and you try scanning an app clip code, then it doesn't work. So then you have to scan the QR code. And then if you're on an iPhone, you don't know which of these symbols to be scanning and it just causes a mess because it's like, why couldn't we have a single unified code that everybody can scan? Or if Apple's going to go around cluttering all of the cafes and storefronts with yet another other code, couldn't they make this protocol public so that all of the other phones can also make use of this? Because at this rate, the next thing we'll see is Android's going to want to make up their own app clip codes, and then Samsung wants to make theirs, and Windows wants to make theirs, and then there's going to be tons of app clip codes all over the place. Alright, moving on, iPad. They've got some additional Apple Pencil support where they can recognize handwritten text and convert it into written text inputs. And yeah, sure, that's great, that's nice. You know, the thing is, I never really take notes by hand, I'm just much faster at typing anyway. So personally, it's not something that I would really use. And then we get to Mac OS. So they've redesigned all of the icons because they were just pretty bored, I guess. And sure, that's fine. You know, they're talking about how Safari is all private now and privacy has been this big thing. They also launched this translation app and they're saying, hey, they can just do all of your translations on device without sending your text to a server. But personally, I would say that I just want the best quality translation. It's like if you need to send the text over to a server to use the most updated machine learning models, then go ahead, do that. But for 99% of scenarios, personally, I don't really need privacy. Actually, I think what Apple's really doing with all this privacy talk is like, I don't even know if Apple's really into privacy themselves. I think what they're doing is they're just trying to take a strike at Google because they know that Google does a lot of analytics. They're an advertising company and they like to show you ads that are relevant to you. And so then this is kind of Apple's way to say, hey, hey, that's privacy violation. You're getting advertisements that are highly relevant to you, ads that may be quite interesting to you, maybe something that you're interested in buying actually and can improve your life. But you know, to them, they're saying, okay, this is a privacy violation. So my struggle with this is personally, I would like to see Apple be more of a neutral operating system platform instead of trying to take sides and really just pushing their own technology above all other technologies. Not once in this keynote, did you hear them mention the word Windows, Android, Google, they just didn't mention any of these players as if they're living in their own little bubble but not all of us want to live within that bubble necessarily. For watch OS, we've got some additional custom watch faces, maybe some emojis or something, something stupid like that. But really the most important announcements was Apple's migration off of Intel into Apple Silicon. So with this move, what you get is that developers will be able to essentially ship iPad, iPhone apps onto Mac OS as well, which is pretty exciting or so you may think. Okay, so this is what's really so disappointing to me as a developer is that they're coming up with all of these wild ecosystems. I believe with Apple Silicon, there's even rumors that they may be dropping support for Windows virtualization through bootcamp. So what this means for developers is maybe there was a time where you could have written an app in Windows and then for Mac users tell them, hey, maybe you can just dual boot over into Windows and then you can run my app or game. For example, a lot of Apple users will dual boot into Windows to play some of their favorite PC games. So the problem for developers is we have to think about our users. 20 to 30% of people are on Mac OS and then everybody else is over on Windows. And then in the mobile market, we've got say 20 to 40% on iOS and then the rest are going to be on Android. So you've got about four different platforms here, right? 
Windows, Mac, iOS, and Android. And you have to think about how are you going to reach all of your customers. And throughout this keynote, Apple has only continued to build up their walled garden through exclusive Apple-only features. And so in my mind, Apple's kind of in this position of power because they're shipping really beautiful, nice hardware. And then they're taking that and saying, hey, if you want to use the hardware, then they're going to build up this totally closed ecosystem. And they're just totally against any type of cross-platform development, which means that if you're an individual app developer, then your job becomes harder because you have to choose between supporting the Apple ecosystem or say Windows or Android. And Apple probably wants your job to be harder. They want you to only learn one language and they want that to be swift. And so this walled garden is the path that they're laying out for developers to walk on. And once you start getting into it, you won't be able to get out of that walled garden. And I would have personally liked to see them get more into, say, cross-platform libraries and frameworks. For example, with App Clips, those lightweight apps, they want the file size to be 10 megabytes or less. So if you're a React Native or Flutter hybrid developer, well, you probably need to jump into native code now to build out support for that. Whereas why couldn't they have just implemented like web views? Like just allow a little pop-up with a web view to open up and then add some API support for in-app payments or Apple sign-in or something like that. And in fact, if you were to take a look at China, I believe they've already solved this problem with WeChat's mini programs in which you have this chat platform. Remember chatbots, they're supposed to be big, but then they allow you to have like little programs in there. I think they have their own type of web view code or their own unified language for JavaScript and CSS. And so developers can just write in this language once and ship it across Android and iOS. And so with that, they've solved a lot of problems with cross-platform app development. Whereas what we're seeing here is Apple is just building up their wall higher and higher instead of trying to come up with ways to make developer lives a little easier. If you want to ship any type of apps for this stuff, you're going to have to go through their app store review process. They're going to want a 30% cut of your revenue. And from here on out, they want all of your iPhone and iPad apps to also support Mac OS. And of course, they're going to be taking a 30% cut of that as well. And none of this stuff is going to be supported across Windows or Android. And so as a developer, it's frustrating to me when I can imagine these cross-platform solutions in which maybe you have an app store of web views. Maybe you could have chatbots with web view support for developers to plug into and build mini programs to offer their services. Or Apple could work with other companies to come up with more cross-platform solutions, maybe have Swift be available on other platforms, or maybe come up with better support for JavaScript, the web technologies, progressive web apps, which are going to be universal and really make the lives of developers easier, but they're just not really interested in that. In fact, it almost seems like they're trying to make developer lives as complex as possible such that it overburdens you so that you just have to choose you're going to be only an Apple developer and then you just don't have any time to try to do anything else beyond that. Now, overall though, I wouldn't necessarily bet against Apple. I think that they're in a very strong position. They've got really good hardware. Their software's looking pretty good as well. And I think if you wanted to become a purely Apple ecosystem developer and just buy into the whole system, then it may work out for you. You may have a pleasant experience. It's going to cost you a little bit more and there will probably be a lot of demand for iOS developers who are now able to build Mac apps as well. But I would also say that if you're an individual developer like an entrepreneur and you want to make sure that your app is reaching the most number of people as possible, then web development may be the way to go. So overall, developer lives are just more complicated and fragmented than ever before. And it's kind of a shame that in Apple's position of power, they're not really interested in making that much nicer. But let me know what your thoughts are on this topic. Post them in the comments below. Let's have a discussion over there. If you liked the video, give a like and subscribe. Appreciate that. And I'll see you in the next one. Thanks. Bye.